Welcome to this House of Wrestling Inside the Ropes exclusive interview. It is me, Nick Hausman. And at this time, I am joined by a man who you may have known as uh, Aiden English in WWE. You can now see him in Impact Wrestling. He's been in New Japan Strong. It is Matt Raywalt. Matt, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with me here today. No, Nick, thanks for having me, man. How are you? I'm I'm doing great. I'm doing I'm better now because I'm talking to you. Hell you know? yeah. It's a good day. A couple <laughs> Chicago guys here, man. It's uh, Yes, we love it's, it. It's a good time for chicago in pro wrestling is it not it's good for pro wrestling yes if you're trying to see more than like 10 feet in front of you it's not because of these wildfire things. it's been like hazy for weeks am i right dude it's gross man my eyes are on fire sometimes my lungs hurt it's not supposed to be like this in chicago no it's not it, but but to your point yes for as far as pro wrestling world is concerned it's fantastic yeah man and you're getting ready to get back into action here in the ring based off of what you're saying on social media. Great time to be training in Chicago with all that smoke in the air, especially especially hard cardio where you have to breathe oh, real yeah. heavy. It's right? like elevation training, right? Like you, you train in the hardest possible environment. So then you go anywhere else. Hopefully it's a lot easier. Yes. All of those other environments that are not consumed by smoke from Canada at <laughs> yeah, the moment. Totally. On. So you've been doing commentary over on impact and like you had mentioned last year that you were going to like retire from wrestling to focus on commentary if i'm not mistaken so this is like a bit of a surprise that you are coming back uh into the ring what happened here why the change of heart yeah so i mean it, it was a couple of things one and i made sure i never retired because you never you do you don't sure. this is wrestling you and i both know this right. everybody listening and watching knows this you don't retire right it's just uh, it's see you later in some way shape or form but um I kind of, I kind of really wanted to focus just on the commentary, and I wasn't at the time wasn't feeling my best physically. I'll just be honest; just nothing particular injury wise, but just I was like not in the best ring shape I was, and all this stuff, and I just wasn't in the in the mental state for it either. I was like, I love what I'm doing; let's just focus on that. I don't want to have the pressure hanging over me of like, oh, I need to get booked here, I need to do this, blah blah blah. I was just like, I like doing what I'm doing; let's do that. And uh, a couple things changed. One. The cliche answer, just, I, I missed, I get to see the, you know, our impact audience all the time as we tape in different places and I'm, I'm out there with the crowd and it's great, but there's, there's something about being in the, in the center of that ring. I'm all right. These are all just fancy words for being, I'm an attention hog, right? That's you're the <laughs> drama king. You don't I'm need to like make, king, you don't need to make excuses. That's like part of the gimmick. I, I do. I did. I, I miss the more concrete part of performing the straight up direct audience interaction so and there were there were two actual conversations uh one with somebody outside wrestling and one with somebody inside wrestling one was my friend uh a friend by the name of christian litke who's a local guy here in chicago who's an act, part of the actor he actually works on the show the bear which has been exploding with emmy nominations and everything like that uh he does some background stunt coordinating and everything we, we met for the first time in a couple of years and i was talking about wanting to get back into that too getting back into some acting even like my fight choreography stunt work background. And I was like, I'd like to maybe do some of that. Chicago's ripe for filming and everything, or it was until the strike started, but yeah. it will be again. Hopefully. And he was telling me, he's like, yeah, he goes, he goes, it's a good time. It's a good gig. Uh, again, outside of the strike, he goes, lots of stuff is on the pipe. And he goes, I just, uh, I just like being able to keep playing for a living. And that phrase stuck out in my head. It was like, yeah, that's, that's what I want to do too. And like, I'm doing a little bit of that, but I'm like, but I miss playing in the other part of it. I miss playing in the ring a little bit. And then, um, and then the other conversation was Tommy Dreamer just in passing at one of our taping was just like, you ever miss it? 
And I was kind of like, yeah, kind of like I, I not as much as you would think as much as a lot of people are who like who are out and getting the shakes after like two months. I was I was perfectly good for a long time. And then he was just talking about some of his, you know, ups and downs on the Indies, like good shows, bad shows, all this stuff. But he goes, man, it goes, I love it. He goes, even when it's the worst show ever, like and, and you know, the travel's terrible and you end up getting lost. He goes, he goes that I, I, I meet people. I, I'm out there entertaining at, at the end of the day, really look at what you're doing. So I was like, yeah, I do miss that part out of it. So to make a long answer long, uh, basically I just, yeah, I missed that part of it. And I think the bigger thing was too, after all this time between the two years I did commentary with WWE, I wrestled for a little bit after my release, but that was also COVID time. So it was very minimal. And then, um, kind of solely commentary for the last two years with impact. I think I've kind of shifted my mindset is I'm not, you know, it's less pressure on like what it has to be, what it has to look like, where I have to go and what I have to do. It's just get out there, meet people, see places. I miss traveling. I still, again, we do it a little bit with impact, but even that because of our tapings is only ever so often. I'm like, I miss going international, seeing a lot of those fans and those crowds and everything's like that. So it was like, you know what? Take what comes. We're not putting any pressure that I have to have 1,800 bookings every, you know, every year or whatever. Like, just, dude, when they come, take them, have fun, enjoy, you know, enjoy the experience, really. Because I think in my wrestling days, even though this character is so outlandish, and it always has been, I was such under such pressure, especially in the WWE and the developmental times of, like, you got to get up. You're trying to get up to Raw. You're trying to become a world champion. You're trying to do this, which are all incredible goals. But, like, sometimes you forget to have fun and you forget the joy of it. And, uh, cause you're so focused on and moving up and doing the best thing and hitting this and doing that. It's like, man, this is a wild, goofy, silly, but incredibly fun, fun business. And I, I'm out here to have some fun. So as part of the fun you're having here, you, uh, you tease the vaudevillians getting back together. Uh, I very happy about this as somebody who's been watching Simon Gotch's, uh, career outside of WWE fairly closely from black label pro to blood sport and things like that guy has really uh, started to come into his own. And I think a lot of those light bulbs flashed over his head. I was so happy to see you two coming back together and entertaining uh, bookings together. How's the relationship been between you two? What, why now? Why, why deciding to get back out there together? So, I mean, it, that's pretty simple again. And we both talked about this in interviews before. Like, yeah, when we were tagging in WWE, we weren't super tight. Like some guys, like the FTR boys, man, they're, they are basically brothers, but yeah. me, me and Seth, we were just, it was, it was like coworkers, like got yeah. it done. Like, and I'll, I'll see you later, you know, see you next week, whatever it was. We weren't super tight outside of, uh, outside of the ring, but, and so we'd kind of done our, just done our things. And then it honestly, nobody had asked. It was kind of, we hadn't done even like any meet and greets, any signings together until somebody about four or five months ago asked. And I was like, I mean, if you, if you're looking for me, I'm game if he's game kind of thing. Sure, let's let's do one. So we did. We've done two of those together. And while we were there, uh, we were just chatting it up. And I guess I should add him as the third conversation because he was. I was like, man, I, don't <laughs> I know was if surprised I can... you didn't mention him in your two well, conversations. Okay, go well, ahead. Because yeah. it, it had to be. It was a personal thing first and foremost, okay. right? Just whether I individually, but in, in talking to him, I, I had the same kind of things. Like, man, I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, I haven't bumped in so long. I don't know if I'm in the right shape for it and everything like that. And he was just like, dude, because we don't have to like you know do 20 foot ladder bumps and all this stuff he goes sure. again, we can we can go out there let's 
one match at a time. You can have, you can have some fun. It doesn't have to be. Uh, you don't have to take any stupid bumps. He goes, I'll take the bumps. <laughs> Which, <laughs> I was like, wow, really? What a great friend. Wow. Okay. okay. And he, but he's been he's been wrestling. He wrestles in Japan. Like, yeah. man, he he knows how that stuff is. But uh, yeah, so that that was the other one. And I was like, yeah, you know. What? And the more I thought about it, that, that's a good point. And again, uh, I, I'm I'm like, you know what? If you're down for it, I'm down for it. Let's let's entertain it. If uh, if we both, uh, and I told him, I'm like, if, if I decide to to make that next step, I, I'm down to do some uh, some bookings with uh, me and you. So when I decided to take that step, I hit him up. And uh, then, yeah, all of a sudden we have our, our first one coming at the end of September. You got, okay. So I was about to ask. So the bookings have already started coming in for the Vaudevillians re- reunion. Yeah. Yeah, they have indeed. See, cause you guys are so, you guys were part of like, arguably like a golden era of WWE NXT where mm. it was really fun and shiny and bright. And they hadn't really put the, the pressure on it quite yet that they kind of came later and all the changes that came with it. Um, I don't know. When you look back on the time you guys spent in WWE and NXT there, does that resonate when I say that it's kind of like a golden era of NXT for you? Yeah. Like, and you're also making me feel old, Nick. Cause it's like that. It's like, hey, that. I watched oh, remember too. when back in 2015, I do declare like, man, these, the times were crazy. <laughs> no. Um, but yeah, no, it, it really was when, like, luckily at the time it was one of those, th- I told you again, a lot of head down, just go, go, go trying to be the best we can be. But I will say for a lot of us during that time, I think we could feel it, which was which I'm very grateful for because there were a lot of moments. And and shout out to guys like Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, who I had great conversations with about that exact thing. Like he would Rami, Sami Zayn would would point out like this this is wild. Like this is this is cool. This is punk rock kind of stuff, man. He's like, this is something really special we're doing here. Going, especially when we started touring on the road and then selling out these these big like TV level venues for our you know for our NXT show. So I was very very much there was that feeling of like we're we're doing something cool here. We're doing something special and uh, we're we're lighting we're lighting something on fire. But yeah, I'm very grateful for at the time both actually both now being able to look back in that time and but more importantly in the moment we were able to really appreciate a lot of that. I know that you guys are in different companies right now, but what about Miro? Have you, have you, as you've got the old nostalgia popping right now, is any thoughts of maybe uh, getting getting back with your other uh, most known? I mean, I so I, I I'll be honest, I have not spoken with him in, in quite some time. I know he's kind of he keeps to himself a lot these days. Um, but again, I'm I'm not I am not opposed to it. Uh, I did I did I did make a. Uh, semi-popular youtube video how at the time i was like rusev day will never happen again and i still to this day do kind of agree with that to a to a point and i don't think it would be a good idea to take that and like a lot of people say like oh miro do miro day in aew and i'm like you think that's a good idea and i still creatively i don't think it's a good idea working with miro again in some way shape or form make it something evolved and new hell yeah why not I, I I think the guy's incredibly talented. I do think there's some good chemistry with us, but um, I'm always not a huge fan, especially in that regard. Taking it from one to the other, I think it will feel water, watered down. Do you ever talk with AEW about doing anything over there, or no? Uh, very very briefly. Again, that was again uh, after the WWE releases during the pandemic. There was uh, brief uh, conversations, but uh, nothing nothing concrete. Yeah, man, that pandemic really screwed it up for everybody, man. You don't say. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, really made it hard on everybody. Did you learn Did you learn anything from the pandemic era that you take with you that you wouldn't have learned otherwise had you not gone through that? I mean, 
just one like to be a bit of a self-starter because like especially with the, the, the lot of us you know one month into something that ended up being a two-year pandemic wwe said well you know chop chop kind of thing so it wasn't even like halfway through or something like that it was like we were at the very beginning right as everything was shut down and you know again especially for our business events all that kind of stuff so for me it was like what else you got kid you know what i mean and uh and and stand on your own and whatever you're not gonna get some wwe nostalgia bookings because nobody's running shows man you can't make that easy like lap victory lap or like uh post-release lap like a lot of people did uh over the course of years so it was like what are you gonna do and so i i lean into a lot of stuff uh like a lot, like a lot of us did online and everything like that. And I really fell in love with that side of the content creation and, um, and stuff like that. So yeah, it was kind of just what else you got lean into figuring out things on your own. What can you uh, do? Well, it's interesting because with you, and I think I've talked to you, I think we did an interview like a year and a half or two years ago. Where we mm -hmm. talked about this, but you didn't, you didn't do the indies really before coming to WWE. You spent like no time. And so to be able to kind of get thrown out there, be trying to figure out the indies after years of working at WWE and then to have that thrown at you. Uh, very, very difficult. Uh, yes. What about, what about like a, what about a promotion like GCW? You know, like, uh, could you see yourself in a kind of raucous space like that or no? <laughs> Oof. Like I've, I've thought about that. Like, because there's so much incredible. I've been kept, I've been keeping a watch on them 1000% over the last few years. And there's so much incredible talent that goes through there. Um, as just in general, sure. Because again, the incredible talent. Some of the matches that go on there, I'll tell you, I am not swinging light tubes at anybody. No, you're good, not. Good, no. Matt Cardona, good for you, my my friend, my brother. You have done something incredible. In that regard, you got more balls than I do. So, um, but as far as just like working with that crew, working with that talent, hell yes. Yeah, because they got all they got blood sport on their umbrella, yeah. big gay brunch. I mean, it's not all just yes. deathmatch stuff, right? There, but th 100%. that's why I say you've you've got you've got such a, you know, at this kind of point of pedigree, right? After all the training you've taken, I just didn't know if it was ever something that came across your plate, you know? Oh, hundred percent on my radar for sure. So talking about on your radar, and you brought up Cardona, you put out this photo, uh, a list. You went full Cody Rhodes. You went full Cody Rhodes. You put out super your topical. You know, people still talk about it. It was the most ridiculous thing. So you're putting together your list here. It's not totally ridiculous, right? No, no, no. The people on the list are not ridiculous. Just the fact that I did that in 2023 is ridiculous. <laughs> I is it though? I mean, I don't know. what's old is new, right? Vaudevillians are back, right? True. So hey, nostalgia acts very popular right now. But no, you're putting this list together. You're going. You're looking to go out there and and do what you really want to do. How are you deciding like the kinds of goals, the kinds of people that you really want to go after right now with this run? Uh, so like, I mean, that list, for example, it was just, and I immediately, if you, if anybody followed my timeline, like five minutes later, like quote tweeted my own tweet. It was like, holy crap. There's like 20 people I left off this list. <laughs> um, but, uh, it, it was just people who came off the top of my head who, whether it was from my time in WWE that I knew that are either free agents or working somewhere more accessible now, like an AEW, like, you know, like impact, like wherever, who I knew and you know, loved already, or people that in my time doing commentary for like new Japan and impact who I've seen and have just been like, God dang, they are so good. Like, and I would just love the chance to tie up with them in uh, some way, shape or form. So it was kind of a combination 
uh, of those things. I mean, you look at like Breeze and Spears were on there. Those are just my, my, I love those guys so much. I still quote Sean Spears as my favorite opponent I've ever had in my career. And, um, and then you had guys like, like Jake something and Kevin Knight, who like literally just our last set of tapings, and I believe it aired last week, had a singles match as part of Jake's kind of return to impact. God, they're so good. Kevin, I've been calling his matches for the last two years in New Japan, and now he's doing a lot with us in Impact. And Jake was somebody before he kind of went out on his own in Impact, uh, left us for a little while, was just like one of my favorite people to call matches. And actually did get to wrestle him once before he left. And he's just such – he has got so many tools. And I'm like, I think he's just starting to hit that stride. And I think this upcoming run of his here in Impact, I think he's really – he's going to hit that stride. And so I've always been very impressed with him and just always liked him as a person too. So that, that was almost more of an, like, who do I like as people? Like, this is less about like dream matches, like in anybody else's eyes. They're just like, man, I like that dude. Well, I like that dude. <laughs> one of, of all the names you just kind of uh, railed through and you want to work with, uh, one that popped out to me was Sean Spears. And you say he was your best opponent ever. And I have for years heard from people that Sean Spears is, Overlook that guy can go that I don't know why you're not getting more out of Sean Spears. What do you think is what do you think? Why why do you think that we haven't caught the Sean Spears? Why do you think he hasn't caught the wave that a lot of people seem to think that he's capable of catching? Dude, I wish I had an answer. I'm I'm with you. I'm with all the people who say that. Like I will shout that from the rooftops. I've, I've, there's three people um, who I I will always say that about Sean Spears. Mustafa Ali and Chad Gable, I think, are three of the most talented individuals in professional wrestling who don't get their fair shake. Um, and I wish I had a more concrete answer. Sometimes it's politics, as as this game is often primed to and privy to. But um, I don't know. And it, now nowadays, too, I know his priorities have shifted. He was a married man. He's got a baby. I know how unbelievably – I did get to see him a couple months ago. How unbelievably happy it, it, he is – in his home life. So like that makes me so happy to see. So again, maybe he's less concerned with the rat race and trying to politic his way up. And it's just kind of like, kind of like what I'm talking about here. Like, man, I'm just, I'm out here to enjoy what, and also he's older than me and he looks 10 years younger than me. So screw him. So like, wow. Also that, and Fair. <laughs> but, um, and I, I wish I had an answer. Cause I'm, I'm, I agree with you and everybody else who has that sentiment. It's interesting. Chad Gable, I feel like, is starting to get his due. He's I fine. I know. Yes, this this run he's on with Otis and um, Maxine and everything like that. I'm so happy to see them getting as much TV time and everything. Long overdue, dude. He's he's red hot right now. And whenever there's whatever kind of explosion, he turns on Otis. Otis turns on him. I mean, I, I hope it, I hope they both bounce better on the other side with it because yeah, I, a lot of a lot of people say that about Chad. And with Ali, man, real quick. As we started this conversation, two Chicago guys talking about Chicago. Let's talk about Ali here for a moment. He's somebody that's back in NXT now after a run on the main roster. Like, what was it, just a couple years ago, before Kofi Mania, it was supposed to be Ali Mania, right? This guy was going to be getting a world title shot. Now he's back in NXT. Do you, do you think that... Do you think that it doesn't help to do you think you should do an NXT run first before going to the main roster? Do you think that he maybe got pushed too quickly or, or just kind of your thoughts on that? So, I mean, as you kind of pointed out 
earlier, I mean, NXT has changed itself so much, right? I mean, now now it's it's on TV now. Mm. When we it, we were just on, you know, the network, the WWE network, we were on little streaming square in the corner of your screen if you opened up <laughs> the WWE app, you know what I mean? Now it's it's on actual cable television and everything like that. So it's it's a totally different dynamic and it, um it went from that and then now into the 2.0 era. I think it depends. I think it's talent dependent. You know what I mean? This this is not as much as people have made the old uh, factory metaphor, which for some people it kind of can be. This business is so fluid. Am I right? So uh, you take a guy like Ali who already came in before the CWC and all that with a lot of independent experience. And I remember I got to watch some of his stuff. I know a lot of people who worked with him and everything like that before he started doing the cruiserweight stuff and then 205. and um, just I saw a lot of him like he was already such a calm like collected confident that is such a huge confident performer not mm-hmm. just like athletic and I can do a bunch of stuff but like the his demeanor the way he told his stories in the ring cut his promos he was very deliberate as opposed to just so like too much ball of energy sometimes those people need that seasoning yeah so I for him I mean and also can, call 205 at the time the, with the way the company kind of spotlighted it or sometimes didn't it was kind of like an nxt experience right it just happened to travel on the road with smackdown but it was kind of your own little grind your own you had your own writers your own producers your own roster and everything like that so uh i don't think he required an nxt run like you're saying but yeah. uh but some people i think it's very very helpful for yeah no kidding man just just wanted to talk about Ali. What a great yeah. guy. What a great no, talent, you know? Unbelievable. Former cop. Used to, like, break through windows with, like, machine guns. Or, like, my machine guns. Like, automatic, like, shotguns and stuff. And, like, take down drug dealers. Yeah, People- he, almost, he, he's almost, he almost died. Some guy had a knife ready to stab him on a traffic stop. <laughs> People and- do. Yeah, people do oh. not know this stuff. It's crazy, right? Un- unreal. Dude. You talk about a demeanor. It's That's the demeanor right there. I've had a knife pulled on me. I'm a Chicago cop, right? Yeah. All right, Matt, uh, great conversation. I'm so happy to see you back out there. And again, I'm really just happy to see you and Simon as well uh, getting back together because, again, I, as somebody, again, like NXT was a hot, Chicago was a hotbed for NXT, Mm -hmm. right? I saw you guys quite a bit, and I loved the whole opening, the whole presentation. I'm as shocked as anybody within a year of the main roster. You guys were in a very different place. So thrilled to see you guys out there again getting to, to have some fun. Where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, support you, all those great things? No, I appreciate it. I mean, pretty simple. I mean, Drama King Matt on everything. I mean, Instagram, Twitter. I guess I have to say threads now, right? Uh, yeah. Or X. Yeah. And the X. Yeah. I, I don't know. But Drama King Matt on pretty much any platform you find the social media on, video, all that stuff. It's all Drama King Matt. Uh, and if you're if you're into the, the brown spirits like I am, wrestling with whiskey is my little side project. So come hang out with me there. I have a drink.